Welcome, fellow anglers, to the Working Class Fishing Podcast, a place for all anglers, amateur or expert, to share their stories and learn about fishing. Join your hosts, John and Brian, each episode as they debunk the perceived inaccessibility to fishing, break down the barriers of any and all angling methods, and hear stories from other anglers and their own journeys with fishing. Now, let's get this show started. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Class Fishing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian, and here is John Morris Esquire IV with our sponsors. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This episode of Working Class Fishing is brought to you by CD Fishing USA, Anagemus Fly Company, Lid Rig, Angarooster Fly Company, 317 Flies, and Shirkure Naughty Tackle. Go check them out. They've got a lot of really good stuff. They're uh, at a lot of shows uh, this time of the year. So uh, if you go to a booth where they're at, let them know that we sent you. Absolutely. And uh, thank you to everybody that has been going to the shows and dropping our name to all of our sponsors. We're getting great responses from everybody and uh, we really appreciate it. So tonight's very special guest is uh, he's been a longtime friend of our podcast, a longtime friend of John and I. Uh, this is Mr. Jimmy Roop. Jimmy Roop's out of Virginia and he's a, a fly tire fly angler. And uh, he's been on another podcast before, but this is his first time venturing back down here into the States on a podcast. And so we're super excited to have Jimmy here with us tonight and uh, have him talk all about all of his cool stuff that he's doing with fly tying and you know, where he's from and what's been going on. So Jimmy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad you had me on. I enjoy this. No, man, yeah. this is good. This is going to be great. You know, uh, you know, we've known you for a long time. We've seen what you're tying up. You know, you do beautiful photography of your flies. You tie beautiful flies. You know, the fishing, uh, when, when you're able to get out and fish, you know, the fishing is awesome. Uh, it, it, everything you put into it is just fantastic. So last time you were out fishing, uh, I know it's been a long time ago, but, uh, you know, what was going on out there for you? Oh, let's see. Um, I had, um, had my eighth heart attack last September. And so I was in the hospital for quite a while, got out and um, recovered for a couple of weeks. All I had was a stent put in and uh, I decided I was going to try to hit the river and at least I was going regardless. So um, took my grandkids, went down to the river, got in the water, fished for a little while, mainly smallmouth bass. That's what I do uh, fish summer and fall is a lot of smallmouth fishing and um, tossing streamers and just having a ball and uh, took the grandkids down. Couldn't fish too long, uh, still pretty weak at that point. And so um, I think I put in maybe an hour and a half on the water. Uh, went again the week after that, uh, fished for another hour. Wore myself out so bad, I had to have my grandkids help me out of the, out of the river. That's, that's pretty bad. So uh, haven't been back since, but um, I'm hoping this spring that I'm gonna be able to get back out and get back into some fishing, get to do some more, uh, get this heart situation straightened up and, That'll do me a lot of good. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I'm, I'm glad you got out there, though. And I'm really hopeful for your spring, dude. I'm, I, I just know it's going to be killer for you, dude. It's going to be awesome. It's going to you're, you're going to get on some good fish for sure. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. I've been doing a lot of fly time. It's the one thing I can do. Don't wear me out and hurt me. And uh, so I've been doing a lot of that. Um, just, I mean, you know, just kicking it with the with the vice is just, I mean, you know, that's that's really become my big thing now just because I ain't able to get out as much as, as I have been. But uh, met a local guy here. He's got an a Instagram page and a YouTube page. Uh, lives just a few miles down the road. Uh, we're going to do some fishing this spring. Uh, he's going to take me out and show me a little bit about this Euro nymphing that I've been hearing and reading a lot about. Um, I've been tying up a lot of flies, but I have never done it. So uh, get back into a little bit of learning and see, uh, see what all the hubbub is about. Um, half people love it. Half people hate it. So I'm interested to find out what the deal is and, and you know, give it a try. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to spring. Turkey season rolls in in April and, and uh, man, the river's already calling. So, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back after it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's one of those things, uh, you know, being in Virginia there, uh, Euronymphing in Virginia, what, what are you guys going to be Euronymphing for? Um, mainly trout. This guy, he does a lot of uh, mountain streams, small creeks, stuff like that. Um, his videos are amazing. He goes through some really pretty water. Um, 
I have not done a whole lot of that in my life. Most of my fly fishing has been on uh, my home river, which is Little River. Uh, it's a tributary to the New River. Uh, it's got a huge population of smallmouth. The trout are mainly in the headwaters, which is up on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Don't get up there very often. So uh, this lower section is where I go. It's my home water. I've fished there since I was three. And um, I can take you to the spot where I caught my very first fish and uh, still have access to the whole, you know, to that section of the river. And so that's what I do. Um, and so he's gonna, gonna introduce me to a little bit of different stuff here. And uh, it ought to be interesting, uh, really small streams going after native brook trout. Uh, he catches wild rainbows and wild browns, you know, and I, I'm looking for, I've, like I said, I've done a little bit of it, but not like him. And so uh, this will be a good learning experience. I've been really enjoying it, learning to tie these Euro nymphs. That's been a, um, a challenge to say the least. They look simple, but to get them tied right, you really got to know what you're doing. And uh, I've been watching a couple of different guys on YouTube that tie them regularly. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's been a learning experience, but I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I don't care what it is. If it, if it can get tied to a hook, I'm going to tie it. So <laughs> just how I am. Dude, the, uh, the, being a trip off the new, the news got some of the biggest smallies, I mean, in the U.S., like yep. lengthwise. Man, yeah. I, I bet I bet that's some outstanding fishing. I know it's got the state record right now. James River held it for a while, and I think someone caught the state record um, state record out of the New River here. I want to say maybe six years ago, five six years ago, something like that, maybe. But uh, man, it's big water, dangerous water. Got to know what you're doing. Got to be real careful. Wading is not not really something that you do in the sections where I live. Um, a lot of people, we have, um, oh, four or five people drown a year in the section there at Radford and, uh, heading on, heading on out. So, uh, it's, it can be dangerous. You got to know what you're doing, but you get a boat, man, you can get out there. It's some awesome, awesome fishing, especially fly rod. And of course they have a lot of large muskie in there too. Uh, found out that the hard way, smallmouth fishing <laughs> one afternoon, hooked a freaking muskie. I got to see him for about, oh, I don't know, three seconds. And he snapped the leader and he was gone. And I mean, I was left shaking and like, hey, what was, you know, so it was, it was interesting. <laughs> I want to go back and go after them guys. I'm telling you, those, those things are beasts, but uh, I'm going to have to upgrade all my equipment and uh, learn a little bit on the fly tying in on that one too. But uh, that would be a hoot. Man, and like casting, casting big, you know, predator streamers, man. Like anything like nine inches plus, it's a completely different cast. Oh like, yeah, yeah. If you if you go back to you know you pick up your four weight, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna go throw some drives. Your cast is gonna suck. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that that happens now. I go from you know from the seven weight that I mainly smallmouth fish with, and I'm using a full sink line and short leader and weighted fly, and and you know you're you're heaving this thing out here and doing what you can. And then you go back and grab the little three weight and, and start tossing for bluegill. And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, a, there's an adjustment period there. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, and, and, you know, your memory, your muscle memory is still there. So you're casting stroke, but it's the distance, the length of it and the power and everything changes. And so it's uh shoot, y'all see me try to cast a normal rod. Oh, I've got a couple <laughs> of those that the grandkids take and uh, uh, use them. And man, that's embarrassing. I don't do much of that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's cool though that you, you got your grandkids out there fishing with you. And uh, of course you're recognizing that, you know, at their age right now, maybe it's not appropriate to, to be swinging, you know, uh, slinging flies or anything like that, but at least you got them out there with you. That's, that's a big deal. Oh yeah. 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 It's, well, I took them down the river where I grew up. Of course I've lived, you know, lived there and fished there all my life. And so I wanted them to kind of get a taste of how I grew up what I did, you know, I was on the river at five years old by myself. And I mean, I grew up a little bit differently than most people. Um, my parents were a little bit more lenient. My grandparents, you know, they had a 360 acre farm, tobacco farm right on the river. And so, you know, I grew up, that's all I did was fished. And, uh, you know, I was down there at five years old by myself, old cane pole, dripping, the, dipping night crawlers in the water for red eye and bluegill. And I mean, you know, that's just how I grew up. So I wanted them to get a a feel for what it was like and how I grew up. And um, I've tried one of them's uh, 26, one's 21, one's 19. I've tried to get them into fly fishing. 
they don't have the patience for it. I tried to tell them, you know, it's it. I tried to explain to them, but they watch me and they're like, yeah, I don't think I even want to trust. You know, they're into the let's get the water cast and hit as much as you can. And uh, fly fishing, you slow down. You kind of methodically work a pool or work a hole, take your time. You know, I can stand in one spot for an hour and they're already a quarter mile down river from me. They have done left me. And it's like, y'all take off and do your thing. I'm going to, I'm going to do mine, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, it's, it's fun. I enjoy spending time with them. And, uh, and uh, it's a good thing that uh, I have them with me now. Cause there's been some times that I've needed them here lately to uh, help me. So, uh, you know, but hopefully I'll get some strength back and get back out of here soon. Jimmy. So dude, how did you get started in fishing? Well, like I said, I grew up on the river. So, you know, dunking night crawlers was the thing that we did when I was a little kid. And I mean, it was just something that, uh, I mean, I don't remember being influenced to do it. It's just everybody in the family did. And so when we took off on Sundays after church, we went out the river and we fished. It's just what, you know, so I just grew up in it. Uh, the fly fishing was a totally different story. Um, I started actually fly fishing when I was 10. I wanted to do it when I was nine. Didn't have a clue. Okay. I mean, I'm, we're talking about a nine-year-old kid here. He, he don't have the patience for nothing. But I had read some field and stream magazines, Outdoor Life, all the old magazines. Saw the pictures of these guys fly fishing. And man, it just, it intrigued me. And I really wanted to learn it. I wanted to learn how to do that. So I found... Um, Walking through a local five and 10, found a $20 fly rod and reel combo, um, purchased that. My mother helped me purchase that. Um, that first year, it was 1978. Man, there was no casting. Okay. Uh, this, this rod was a fiberglass, eight foot five weight. This thing was a noodle. And of course, I had no idea what I was doing. And so here I was, I mean, I had whipping, breaking leaders. And I mean, you know, it was, it was terrible. So that first year was just spent just trying to get a fly beyond five feet. Uh, by the time the second summer of 1979 come along, um, I finally started to pick up a little bit. I checked out a few books in the local library on casting and, uh, and just kind of spent some time practicing in the yard, doing, doing what everybody does. And uh, I finally got to where I could cast 20, 30 foot. I could at least get a fly away from it. And uh, so that summer, took it down on the river, started throwing to uh, tossing poppers for uh, bluegill, rock bass, occasional smallmouth would hit, and uh, started from there, and whew, I was hooked. And that's that's all I did. I put away all my other gear. All I did was fly fished, and it just it was all consuming. I picked up every book, every magazine. Thing was, I didn't know anybody that fly fished. I didn't have anybody in my family, no mentors, no neighbors, no, no nobody. So it was just me and those books and magazines, and and. Uh, you know, just reading the stories about those guys traveling to these exotic lands, you know, Patagonia and New Zealand and places like that. I had just, it just captured my imagination. And uh, it's just what I ended up just really getting into. And I didn't start tying until uh, I've been tying for 22 years. And the only reason I did that was I wanted to extend my fly fishing knowledge and I wanted to do something during the off season when it was cold and I couldn't get down on the river and bass fish. And so fly tying was just a natural progression. And so uh, I started doing that. And that was, that was the learning curve on that was pretty steep as well. Uh, YouTube had not come along at that point and been real big. And so I didn't have access to a computer. So most of my stuff was just reading. Uh, first kid I ever bought had an old VHS tape. Tells you how old that was. Of Jack Dennis and so he was the first person I ever saw tie fly and uh, so I just started learning from there and just progressed uh, in upgrading my equipment upgrading materials read everything I could get a hold of and it just uh, man it's become as big of an obsession if not more than the fly fishing itself the tying has really really just I mean it's been incredible journey and I love it. I mean it's just it's it's what I do I mean if if I'm not talking about it or reading about it, I'm tired. So it drives my wife crazy, but God bless her soul. She, she puts up with me. <laughs> well, who, who, who's been a, 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 a you know, you, you mentioned Jack Dennis, but mm -hmm. as far as fly tires for you, who, who has put, uh, you, who has given you the most influence in your fly tying? Because I mean, really that's, 
we see a lot of your fly tying and, and that's a really big deal, but who's put a lot of influence into that? Oh, it's been several people. Um, like I said, Jack Dennis was the first person I ever watched that actually tied a fly as YouTube came along and I got on the YouTube and started, started checking out tires. Um, getting on Instagram was a really big thing as well. I've, I've been on Instagram for five years now. And, uh, when I got on there, I uh, saw John and Katie DeMuth, DeMuth Fly Fishing. Um, this guy is just impeccable. He's a, a neat freak. He is very, very detail-oriented. Um, I love sending him pictures, private pictures um, of my flies and let him critique them because he holds nothing back. And that's what I like. If somebody's going to tell me something, I don't care. You're not going to hurt my feelings. But I want to know the truth. You know, so just tell me, yeah, your tail is way too long. The body is way too out of proportion, you know, whatever it is. And that's the only way you learn is that, you know, you, you need someone who's willing to go that length, even to a point of maybe hurting your feelings. But at least, you know, I, it's just like I can give you a specific example. When I first started tying your nets, I had no idea that a slotted bead went on a jig hook a certain way. So I was just throwing the bead up on there, wrapping the thread on, tying it. Looked like what I was looking at picture-wise. And I sent John a couple of pictures and he messaged me back. He said, I don't know, maybe it's the angle of your picture, but it doesn't look like your bead is seated properly. Do you have the bead on the hook right? And I was like, I mean, I turned three shades of red. I was like, oh my God. So I looked at it and I said, well, I don't know. Is there a way? And so he explained to me, you know, looking at the slot and the shape of the slot and how it all goes on. And I, all this time, had no idea, you know, because I was just looking at pictures and sitting down and trying it, you know. And so, uh, yeah, it was, that was a really embarrassing moment. But like I told him, that's what I wanted. And guess what? I won't ever forget. So, uh, you know, it, but John DeMuth has been a real big influence. Um, there's a guy on YouTube called uh, Old Dominion Trout Bum. This guy is extremely detail-oriented. And I love to watch his videos and he does a lot of urine nymphing and stuff like that. Um, of course, everybody watches Kelly Gallup. Um, love Kelly Gallup. Kelly Gallup yeah. and Gunnar Brammer are two yeah. of my favorites. And there's a reason why I learn a little bit differently than most people. Most people, they all they want to do is show you how to do something and they're ready to move on. For me, I need to know why you're doing it. So explain to me what your mentality is, what you're thinking, why you're doing what you're doing. And those two guys, their videos are extremely long. And I love them because they explain every detail of what they're doing, why they're doing it, what their thought process was. And man, that's how I learned. And so, you know, an entire evening can be tied up with just Kelly Gallup and Gunnar Brammer, just sitting watching their videos. My wife, she loves me. But uh, <laughs> I, get, I get on the big screen TV and I hog it all evening, but I've done gotten her to where she enjoys watching Kelly Gallup and, and uh, she watches the DeMoose with me when they do their Finish Wednesday deal on YouTube. So, uh, you know, she's gotten used to watching them and, and she, she does, she, she, she puts up with me. We'll put it that way. Yeah, John, John and Katie, they're so awesome. They're both veterans. Um, they're yeah. just, just really cool people. Uh, oh yeah, you, you, you can definitely tell. Uh, I think John was a Marine. You can just tell uh, all that attention to detail definitely carried over from his time in the service to what he does now. Um, Jimmy, and I've got to say, dude, uh, believe it or not, you were one of my inspirations when I started tying flies. Really? Uh, yeah, no, no shit. <laughs> it oh, was because, uh, oh. uh, you know, I, I started following people on instagram i ain't been tying long little i don't know like coming up on maybe two and a half years now mm -hmm. and uh i'm following people on instagram you followed me back and i was like man that's awesome and you know i got to when i first started i, I kept comparing my flies to yours i'm like man these suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, any good tire that's what they're gonna do i mean i look at my stuff still today and i look at it and i go Man, that looks terrible. But I'm going to take a damn picture of it and throw it on Instagram. And I do, and it gets 200 likes. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's amazing. And, and other people say, man, you're, you, you know, you're an awesome tire. And, and we're our own worst critic. So I look at my stuff, and I critique the crap out of it. And there are certain things I don't like. And, I mean, I, I have sat down and spent an hour tying the same fly. 
because I'll get halfway through it and not like it. I just take a razor blade, through, clean it off, start over again. And it'll take me, you know, because I, I mean, I'm looking for perfection. You can't reach it, but I'm looking for it. And that's what drives a fly tire is to get that fly just like they want. And I have tied very few flies of my own that I was really fully satisfied with. So, which, I mean, that just keeps motivating you and keeps pushing you. So um, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a real good thing. But I'm surprised to hear that I was an influence for you. I've never heard anybody say that. So that uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Well, yeah, no, man, I mean it. Like that's I'm not just blowing smoke here. That, that's that's very real. Like uh, it was you. It was a uh, uh, Tim Mashira. I didn't find uh, the Demuths until uh, earlier this year, and uh, you know Justin Aldrich. He was he was one of the guys I looked up to a lot, and uh, uh, Justin Bruce and y'all were like the people that I really looked up to when I got started. And then you know, was uh, got into the streamer stuff, and it was you know, it was like Bramer and Kelly and all them fellas. Yep. But yeah, yep. dude. Yep. Um, there's I mean, there's so many so many on there that are just uh, I mean, incredible tires. Um, I I think that they're just uh, you know really super talented. Uh, the Demuths intimidated me terribly when I first saw them. I was like, "Oh God, these are professionals!" You know, they're they're not. I, I can't get involved with them because I mean they'll just you know put me to shame. And then uh, I started watching some of uh, joining in on the Whip Finish Wednesday stuff, and they're just so nice. And he's so good at teaching, and and that's what that's what you need. Everybody learns differently, and so you need to find a teacher that teaches in a style that helps you learn the most and the fastest and so uh so i'm always bouncing around and and looking at people's Vin diesel's another one um he's he's more ties it shows you how to tie it and moves on not a whole lot of explanation but he does give some but i enjoy his videos he's a funny guy um yeah. and uh and there's just so many of them. instagram has been a real boon and i love it i enjoyed it um I mean, I, I couldn't believe I was on uh, on my profile page there the other day, and uh, I don't go on there very often because I don't need to see how many posts I've made. I mean, it really doesn't matter. I just post and enjoy what looking at everybody else's stuff. But I saw where my uh, follower counts up over fifty one hundred, and that just blows my mind every time I think about it. It's like, good day, wow. I mean, you know, because I didn't start this page just for getting followers. It was more for me to learn and to show what I'm doing and have people help me get better. And so that's what my ultimate goal was, but uh, well, it's been, it's been interesting, but the, the fly tying, fly fishing community, fishing community in general, everybody is just so informative. They're nice. You meet a lot of people. Yeah, you meet one every now and then that, you know, they're real assholes, but you just move on past that and go to the good ones. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's very few of them though, you know, and that's what I like. I like, I mean, the community is really supportive. Everybody's supportive. And, and that just makes you want to get better and continue trying. So, Well, and I think that, you know, on top of like what you're talking about, like with the supportiveness and everything else, when, when you talk about people like Gunner and Kelly and all that, you know, these, these guys are, are legendary. They're, they're absolutely legendary yeah. fly tires and, yeah. they, and they've created some legendary patterns. And, uh, you know, we, we really look up to them in, in the fly angling community because because of who they are and and john and i we've talked to kelly directly what 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 an incredible person just as a person kelly is he's just like the guy that you know you imagine you live next door to somebody right and and they're out there and their mowers broke down and they're over there you know body slamming their mower in the driveway that'd be kelly you know <laughs> yep. that's that's yep. just that's kelly gallup but at the I mean, same time it, you know it it, it it he's the same guy that would say hey you know what you need some help i'll, I'll come over there and help you but not only that, but also it's like, you know, uh, just being willing to share and, and, but, but not share in a sense of like, oh yeah, you know, you put some string on a, on a hook and then you tie some feathers on, but, but be very methodical. And then also think about like, you know, uh, looking at the way he's fishing or stuff like that, you know, he goes, he goes so much further into a different level that, that really he becomes, you know, uh, any of these people become educators and, and, they're willing to take those questions. And it sounds like that's what you've got out of these folks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, both of them, you know, there've been times, especially with Gunnar Brammer, they'll, they'll be explaining something. And I mean, man, it whew, right over my head. And, and so I have to pause, back it up, 
watch it again. And especially with Gunner, I'll have to go back and watch several times because, man, he's explaining quickly and he's very detail oriented. And I just didn't get it the first 10 times I watched it. So, I, you know, he's, he's just, you know, it, it, but those people excite me. That's what I want is for people to explain exactly what their mentality was, why they did what they did, show you in, I mean, finite detail how you do this step and how you do that step. I mean, that, that stuff just really gets me going. I wish when I was in school, I loved to learn as much as I do now. I'd have been a freaking PhD candidate. Um, man, when I was in school, all I could think of was fish hunting. That's it. That's all my mind was consumed with. And all this learning and stuff, I didn't need it. And now, I mean, I love being a sponge and absorbing everything that I can. And everybody, no matter who you watch, everybody could teach you something. And that's what's exciting really about the fly tying, fly fishing is you never know everything. There's nobody that knows everything. And there's so much to learn and everybody has their own niche. And so you, 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 you bounce around and you learn from everybody. You're picking up all this information. It's just, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And I think that's what's really just hooked me over the years and kept me going in it. <clears throat> Dude, it's just, and I'm, like you're saying, man, it, there's just so many incredible, I've, I've met so many incredible people uh, on what, you know, was at first perceived to me as like the, the armpit of the internet. And that was, you know, social media, but uh, here we are all connecting on this podcast because of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it's got a downside. It's got a dark side to it. If you, uh, if you jump into that, it'll eat you up. I stay away from it. This is, you know, my Instagram page. You can look at all the posts on there. Everything has something to do with fly tying or fly fishing. Um, I stay away from all the controversial stuff. Not that I don't have opinions, not that I'll argue with you until I drop over, but that's not what that page is about that's where my real passion lies and that's where you know i keep all that other stuff separate out of it and uh i mean the community that 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 is involved everybody i mean it's just it's amazing and i have followers from all over the world guys in new zealand and and russia and all these different places and i follow people from all you know everywhere and and everybody i mean it's just it's you learn so much that you know i've probably done forgotten half and I have to go back and, you know, because, I mean, there's just so much information out there. But uh, it's it's really a joy, a passion, truly. Jimmy, so if you had to choose, I don't know, let's just say a trip you wanted to take and a fish you wanted to get after, man, what would you pick? That's an easy one for me. I've always wanted to do this. Not able to now but um i love to watch it and that is uh hit the florida keys and go after tarpon i, I mean i'm <laughs> telling you those guys it takes a a behemoth to bring one of them rascals in and i've watched these guys uh, you know on a fly rod yeah that's a that's the ultimate challenge i think and uh man i would i would love to do that but they would kick my butt now don't think i have the stamina for a one or two hour fight but, uh, but I enjoy watching it. Uh, the flies that they tie, they're, they're just so beautiful. But it's, it's sight casting. Um, it's, I mean, really getting nitty-gritty into the fighting aspect of it. And, uh, man, they were just some beautiful fish. That would, that would be a dream trip for me, would be do that. Dude, tar tarpon are just so cool. Like our, our buddy Pogo, he, he does a lot of tarpon fishing now. And, man, it's just a lot of a lot of people been tarpon fishing you know, like, kind of like in our little community recently and man it's just it's it's something i want to do too <laughs> yeah yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it gets me fired up watching them well, it, would, it would be exciting <laughs> to go you know i would even take uh, going you know going back up into uh, the mangroves where the the baby tarpons live and just doing a little bit of fly fishing there and just catching small ones that would be great because at least i'd be able to get them in um but I mean, it'd still be a hoot to do. And, yeah. uh, and I've done a little bit of saltwater fishing, uh, mainly on the Outer Banks. Um, I've caught some, you know, caught some redfish, caught some stripers one year, had a ball with that. We were there in the fall. And uh, so, I mean, I've done a little bit of saltwater fishing, but um, man, that would, the Keys, that would be a great place to go. My grandson's been there several times. He goes down fishes all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I, he, he keeps saying, yeah, we need to go, we need to go. And I'm like, 
man, the traveling, I can't travel that far anymore. My circulation is so bad in my legs and in my back and stuff that, I mean, you know, I have peripheral artery disease. I've had bypasses in my left femoral artery. I've got uh, stents in my back. I mean, I've had blockages everywhere and the traveling just, it just doesn't work well. So um, yeah, all my stuff has to be kind of pretty close to home, but he goes down, he takes tons of pictures, sends them back to me, you know, keeps me informed on what he's doing. So, so I at least, you know, live vicariously through him and others, <laughs> but, uh, but that, that, you know, I wish I'd done it when I was younger. I wish I'd had the, the resources to go down, at least do one trip, you know, dreams. That's how we are. Man, I, I just couldn't imagine, though, being able to, you know, if, if you had the opportunity and let's say all the stars aligned and you were able to, to make that one trip, I think what a, what a perfect fish to pick. I, I, I can't think of a better fish, you know, that, that you could pick to go after, like for the one, because a, a, an acrobatic, massive, predatory herring. I, I, it's just... They, yeah. They're just so cool. They're, they're, they're big. They fight hard. They're aggressive. They hammer the fly. I, I mean, I, I would love to see you go after that, you know, if it was ever at all possible for somebody yeah. to do that for you. And, and if you're listening to this podcast, if you can, if you got a way for Jimmy to get out there, man, let's hook him up. That would be, uh, that would definitely be a dream. They no doubt. 160 pound tarp and breaking the water. And come and plumb out. I mean, you know, that's that's amazing. You know, I mean, they really are just truly an amazing fish. And and there's a lot of other places, you know, um, that 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 would be great. But but that one right there, yeah, that's that's my dream trip. Man, have you? Uh, so with all your years of fly fishing and fly time, who you were pretty pretty self taught on your casting. But did you have any influential uh, casters? Uh, as you progress through fly fishing um let's see i've watched a lot of um i mean even well up well i mean i still watch them i still get out in the yard and practice i mean you know you casting is something that you never master and so practice makes perfect and so i get out in the yard and still sling sling line every now and then just to try to you know keep keep muscle memory and and, and just work on things um lefty cray of course everybody you know hell who doesn't watch lefty cray i mean thank god he left us a, a lifetime of these videos that you can go back and watch and learn from the master if there ever was a master it would be lefty cray and flip palette these two guys man they're casting strokes how they cast it was just beautiful but uh mill Craiger had a book wrote on fly casting that i bought and that that helped out quite a bit um, but it was funny. I mean, through the early years, man, my casting, it was terrible. It was terrible. Of course, I was using, like I said, a, a limp noodle to cast with. And yeah. I had no idea. You know, I had no idea that there was a whole new world out there just waiting for me. So I fished with this old noodle for like 10 years. And um, on one of my birthdays, a friend of the family got me my first uh, graphite fly rod. And it was a uh, Gander Mountain Deluxe, nine foot eight weight. So I went from a noodle five weight to a broomstick eight weight. And man, that was a, I mean, that was eye opening. Um, I actually learned more casting that eight weight than I did the five. And uh, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know what it was about it, but it just, it improved my casting. It got better and better. And of course, watching videos, listening to people, um, man, Gunnar Bramber bows my mind. He's got some casting videos out that just, I mean, I, I don't understand a thing he says, but man, he can cast just incredibly. And, uh, you know, practice is where it's at. You've got to get out. You know, if you, if you use your fishing time to practice your casting, you're messing up. You got to get out in the yard. I've gone down to the river to go fishing and spent the first hour doing nothing, but just casting, just working on stuff. Um, I'm a terrible, um, oh, let's see, roll caster terrible roll caster and i don't know what the deal is i've watched tons of videos it's just something that has eluded me i can do it but it don't it's not very pretty and most of the time it ends up just piling up in front in front of me but uh, you know roll casting a, a heavy weighted streamer doesn't work you can roll cast to get the fly up out of the water column and then do your back cast and your forward cast but 
you know, it's, it's, there's just so much stuff to learn. I mean, Mel Craig's book, he's got chapters on reach cast and Belgian cast and all these specialty casts. And I've watched them on video being done. And it's just like, it's mind blowing, but uh, that's something I would, I mean, even today I would love to do is to take a casting class and have somebody that knows what the crap they're doing. So look at my casting and go, man, you got 10 problems from Sunday. Let's start working on each one of them and tell me what I'm doing, you know, because I know <laughs> that I can improve. Everybody can. I mean, you know, anybody can improve. But, I mean, I'm completely self-taught in that area as far as I've never had anyone who fly fish that could show me anything. I mean, I've, I've had no lessons at all. And so, and I've been fly fishing for 40, almost 44 years now. So, you know, it's been, and I probably have some some bad habits ingrained. But, I mean, you know, it's it works for me. I can, I can cast a whole fly line a little bit of backing off of it. So, I mean, I can get a, you'd never cast an entire fly line while you're fishing, no. but it's fun to do. It's fun to do. You know, it is. Yeah. It's fun to do. There's, there's so much into fly casting that it's a challenge to try and, and lay out a whole 90 foot fly line and see if you can pull backing off the reel when you're throwing that cast. That's fun to do. But man, when you're fishing, you don't do that. You know, no. 30, 40 foot, you know, you, you got to be accurate. And you need to be able to control your line. And there's so many aspects of it. And uh, so it's, uh, it's very, uh, it's it just not, it's not going to work to make a long cast like that, unless you're two hand and rod salmon flies across a river or something like that. But, uh, but I mean, you know, the casting, the casting part of it has always been a challenge. I love it. I, mean, I don't know what there is about it. There's something about fly casting that just, it's, it's almost mesmerizing. You get into this rhythm and you're just, I mean, and hearing the line whipping through the guides and you're just, you're just there. I mean, it's almost a Zen moment. And yeah, it looks terrible, but I mean, there's just something about it. I'm not sure what it is, but it just, it captured me when I was a kid. It was something, you know, I would only see pictures of it, but they would have this big loop out. And, and I mean, it was just like, wow, that's so cool. And uh, I, there, it's every aspect of it is great, but the casting is really something that, that I love to do and try to work on. <clears throat> yeah, cat, cat. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian, were you gonna say something? No, no, go for it, go for it. I, no, I was just gonna say, dude, you're absolutely right with, uh, you know, casting is, it's a diminishing skill also. If you don't do it for a while, it, it's, yeah, it's like riding a bike, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it's a really weird bicycle. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah it know, takes, uh, it usually takes a good 15, 20 minutes if I've been off the river for a long time to kind of get the muscle back to doing what it's supposed to be doing and, uh, you know, keep your wrist locked and do this and do that. And I mean, you know, it's, there's so many things to think about and I go through them all as I'm trying to re-acclimate myself. And then all of a sudden they start flowing and it's like, ah, there it is. Then you can start to relax and then just start fishing. So, uh, but it's, it, 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 that's what separates it from all the other fish and the casting is what intimidates most people. My grandkids look at me, they watch me cast and they're like, I could never do that. And I'm like, of course you could. Anybody can. It's a learned skill, but you've got to go into it with an open mind and know this is going to be tough, but I'm going to get it. nothing's going to defeat me. I'm going to learn how to do this. And if you get determined and you really stick it out and really put in the effort, it can be done. But uh, they just they're, they're too impatient. And that's something that you got to have if you're going to fly fish is, is patience. So, no, I, I, I mean, one of my questions I have for you then, Jimmy, and, and you have a lot of years of experience fly fishing. And, and, the, and while you're modest with your experience, I, I still think that you have a lot of valuable input to give what are your tips for somebody, you know, and, and set aside your grandkids that are like, eh, you know, I don't really want to do this, but say somebody that, that wants to get into fly fishing, listening to this. And, you know, perhaps they've seen your flies on Instagram. They've seen some of the fish you've caught. They've done all that. What are some of your tips for somebody just getting into fly fishing uh, as a self-taught person? Everybody always asks expert, but you know, and I'm not saying that you're not an expert, but you know, you're, you're very modest with your skills and, and you're very critical of what you do. What are your tips for somebody just kind of looking to break down that barrier? Well, the first thing I did teach somebody um, about 20 years ago, I had a friend of mine who decided he wanted to learn. Um, He went to uh, one of the local five and tens, bought him a cheap outfit. We put it together, got him out on a pond 
and taught him how to, to, to cast best I, I knew how. And, um, and he got into it, really progressed in it. And um, the one thing that I told him at the very beginning, I tell anybody, it, it looks intimidating and you're going to hear people say things that are just not true. You can learn to fly fish. Anybody can learn to fly. It's a learned skill. Okay. You've got to have determination. You got to have patience. Those are the two things that you've got to have. You got to stay determined because you're going to want to give up. Trust me. I mean, I was a nine, 10 year old trying to teach myself how to do this crap. Man, I was, I was terrible, but I stayed determined. I was going to learn, period, in the discussion. Because I had a lot of people making fun of me. Uh, you ain't going to get that. You ain't going to learn that. You know, and I was determined that I wanted to learn it and I was going to learn it. So stay determined and have patience. It's not going to happen overnight. Fly casting is not something you just pick up and start doing in five minutes. I know some guys have picked it up and done it pretty quickly days and they're they're catching fish and you know but but they had someone showing them and teaching them the the the, the smaller details of what i was involved but yeah stay patient stay determined and just know you don't have to look like an orvis model to fly fish okay you don't need two thousand dollars worth of gear waders and boots and flies and rods and nets and vests i mean you don't have to have all that stuff i started with a twenty dollar fly rod and reel combo with a cheap line on it and a little old plastic turntable thing that had popper flies that wasn't worth a bow diddly but they were in there and that's what I started with and I I mean I had a ball I've still got that rod and every once in a while I break it out take it down to the river and I fish with it and it's it's terrible I mean it's it's a piece of junk but it takes me back and it reminds you why you did this in the first place it what you know it, it was the joy of casting that fly and watching a fish come up and just bust it you know or you're casting a, a nymph and all of a sudden you just feel that that hit and that tug i mean man it's just there's nothing like it there's nothing like it and if that don't get you excited take up knitting but um, <laughs> you know it's 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 just determination and and you know you you can do it you don't have to spend a lot of money nowadays it's going to be a lot easier because you have YouTube and men are some great casting videos on there. You can watch a lot of guys that'll teach you a lot of things, but just know you can do it. It's a learned skill. Anybody can learn to do it. That, that, thank you for that. That's so well put. And you know, we're huge advocates of you don't need um, just all that extra bullshit for lack of a better term. You know, it's, you just need to be, you need a rod, a line, and a fly, or you need a rod, some line, and a bait, or a bobber, or maybe you don't even need a reel, you know, you don't need much to get out there. Yeah, and it's it, and it's the it's same thing, you're fishing, you're going after a fish. Um, I choose, I would consider, I choose a a different way. It's It's maybe a little bit more complicated, more involved, maybe, I don't know, I, that's how I would describe it but it's still just fishing. And, and there's just something about fly fishing that it, it was just a, the form of it. You know, it was more than just plunking something out there and hooking a fish. There was more, but, and that is what pulled me into it. I just was looking for something to, of a little bit more challenge, something that I needed to really learn and work on. But uh, I, even in fly fishing, you don't have to have all that stuff. I mean, it's just not necessary. Once you gain the resources and the knowledge, you'll want to increase. You'll want to get a better rod. You'll, you'll pick up a vest that's got a thousand pockets on it and fill every one of them. But you don't have to have that stuff. And eventually you'll go through that stage where you have all that stuff. And then one day you go to pack it up and go down to the river and you're like, man, I carry way, way too much junk with me. And so you'll get out of the truck. You'll <laughs> grab your fly rod. You'll take one small box with four or five flies in it. You'll throw on your wading boots, hit the river, and you don't carry all this stuff. Man, it's freeing, it's liberating. You're just you're just out there fishing. You're just enjoying it and having fun. And I mean, it's just it's it's amazing thing. So for uh, when you get out this spring and you're going to be doing uh, some Euro nymphing, do you uh, you got your own rig or you're going to be borrowing your buddies? Um, I'm going to be purchasing my own rig here pretty soon. Um, I've been uh, getting some. Uh, recommendations i've been reading and watching a lot of videos and stuff i ain't sure where i'm going yet but uh but i am gonna go ahead and purchase my own rig 
Um, it's not going to be no super expensive thing because I'm just starting out. I just want to learn, get my feet wet, see what it's like. Um, actually, I don't own too much expensive stuff anyway. The most expensive rod I own is an Orvis rod that I bought from an outlet store down here in Salem, Virginia, uh, back 20 years ago. And uh, it was a $650 retail rod. I got it for 300. That's the most expensive fly rod I own. I just don't, you know, I've got a bunch of TFOs, uh, some Reddington stuff. Yeah, I know they're not, you know, tr traditionally American made. It's not blah, 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 you know, but, but they're good rods. I fish with them. I enjoy it, you know, but I'm just, I'm not going to spend a thousand dollars on a fly rod. I mean, I just, I just ain't going to do it. If I had the money, I wouldn't do it. I mean, there's just, it's just not necessary, but a lot of people want to. That's great. Do what you do what you can afford. Do what feels right yeah. to you. No, absolutely, yeah. man. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Just do what's within your means, whatever gets yeah. you out there on the water. Just know uh, you don't have to have that big stuff. You don't have to yeah. have that stuff. It's not necessary. So uh are you planning on using a mono rig? Are you gonna get some Euro line? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I'm just starting on this journey. I've done it kind of backwards. I've been tying the flies and learning to do that. And I've got a, a, a box full of flies that I've tied up. I've got more stuff on the way to tie more. I, I mean, I tie way too many, but, you know, it's just how I am. But um, I'm not quite sure. I'm probably going to get with this friend and talk to him, pick his brain a little bit, see what he thinks, um, you know, how he started, what he used, and what he thinks might be the easiest thing for me to use just starting out. And then once I learn the basics, then I can kind of refine the equipment that I'm using and, and the rigs and all of that. Um, I know that uh, <laughs> I heard a guy say that uh, it wasn't really fly fishing because there was no casting involved. And I was thinking, have you ever been to a small stream up in the mountains? There ain't no casting involved in that either. You're flipping a fly out. I mean, getting it out there the best yeah. you can, you know? I mean, if you do that, it's all fly fishing. I don't listen to none, none of that nonsense. But um, it's funny, half the people despise urine infant. They make fun of it. They talk about it terrible. And the other guys swear by it and love it and think it's great. And, I, you know, and the flies are cool. I, I, it, it, it's obviously a successful way to fish. So I'm, I'm looking forward to just at least trying it, dipping my feet in, seeing how it goes. And, you know, what, what better way to fish those small streams than, than, than that way? That looks like a much more a simpler way. But um, yeah, I'm, I still haven't made up my mind on rigs yet. Um, I'm going to probably sit down with this guy. We'll talk it out a little bit and see see where he thinks I should start and go from there. Because I'm really stepping into uncharted territory for me. So so it'll be interesting. Man, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd do a mono rig, dude. That's, that's 100% what I'd do. It's the most affordable way to do it. And... Uh, you're never going to see that fly line from a euro line anyway, and euro lines are like a hundred bucks. Yeah, uh, you uh, shit, you can tie a mono rig like with competition <laughs> one mil uh, tippet rings from Umqua or all these other places. Mm -hmm. um, you can tie the whole rig, buy everything in a tie, you know, 10, 15 rigs for 30 bucks. Yeah, so and uh. 20, 20 pound test cast about the same as fly line, believe it or not. Well, you know, you, you, you throw in some, uh, throwing some, uh, really heavy stuff when you're streamer fishing yeah. anyway, you, got a, a, you know, a sinking line and all that. That stuff right there, 20 yep, pound ultra it. green. I've got it. That's the magic. That That's the magic right there. And, and yeah, like John said, hundred dollar Euro rigs, come on. You know, uh, and, and what happens when you snag and break? Yeah, uh, you you losing twenty five bucks a, a, a break off. You know, plus your fly and everything else. You know, eight bucks, ten bucks down at the tackle shop at best. Yeah. You know, you can't go wrong with it. Which sounds good. Sounds good. It's gonna be an interesting, interesting deal. I'm looking forward to at least you know trying it out, seeing what it's about, seeing what all the hubbub is, and you know, and uh, I know I know I won't lack for flies. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, now the, the flies are awesome too. You know, that whole thin to win and tying in the round. Um, it's just really effective, you know. And uh, I don't really, I've got three euro rods, but I don't really grow a nymph anymore. You know, I, I'm kind of beyond that bug now. I, I'm, 
I'm too caught up on streamers and I just can't shake it, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, when I small mouth, when I small mouth fish, that's it. I got a seven, nine foot seven weight. Uh, I've got a full sinking line. Um, I've got, uh, you know, the flies that I use, the, uh, the uh, articulated streamers and some heavy crayfish flies. And I mean, man, yeah, all summer long. That's all. That's all I do. I've got some poppers. I got a box of poppers tied up and late afternoons I'll throw the bass bug line on and toss some poppers just for some top water action. But man, I've gotten the streamer fishing is where it's at. And if you want to catch big smallmouth bass, especially in a river, you need streamers. You need heavy duty streamers, mm -hmm. articulated streamers. That's what you need. And you're going to, you're going to have a ball because man, they are, they are truly just awesome fish on the fly rod. So as far as streamers, what what streamers are are your go tos? Like just you know, you go up to a river, you're looking at the water. What what streamers you got in your box, Jimmy? I carry a lot of sex dungeons. I'm sure anybody fishes streamers. That's what they've got. I mean, you know, it's just it's a perfect size, perfect action fly. Um, so I've tied up a bunch of different color combinations. I don't even know if I have a favorite color combination. If it's a sex dungeon, I'm looping it on and I'm casting it. Um, also, um, uh, Sven Diesel ties a fly called the uh, Sven Cray, Cray Cray. It's a crayfish pa pattern. That thing is really lifelike and, uh, and it fishes really well. So I've tied up a bunch of those. Usually if I, any river, the first time I hit it, that's what I'm going to tie on is some type of crayfish pattern because bass eat them and they're everywhere. And so it's something you don't have to turn over a rock and look and try to figure out what's in the river. You know, crayfish are there. Crayfish are, uh, you know, just, and then the flies are, are really cool looking. They fish well and smallmouth eat the crap out of them. So, you know, I love those, I love those types of flies. And of course, uh, like I said, sex dungeons. Um, I am a, a lot more traditional than you would think. I love bucktail streamers. I love them. Single hooks, size fours, size twos, couple of colors, some eyes thrown on there. Man, the river that I fish, those things fish really, really well. Um, you get up on your shoals, your shallow spots in the afternoons, cast those bucktails off into the deeper channels, and then pull them back toward the the uh, the rock formation stuff. Man, the bass just jump all over. They're easy to tie, cheap to tie. You can fill a fly box in an afternoon and just sit down and just go to town tying them. And they just, they work so well. And, uh, and I love, love, I love tying them. I mean, they just look great. And uh, you can paint your eyes on, stick your eyes on. You can use jungle cop. I use a lot of that because it just looks cool. Um, love to put them on them, uh, the bucktail streamers. But uh, those were those bucktail streamers and this, uh, the articulated stuff, not just sex dungeon, but the, uh, like uh, peanut envy. That's another one of my favorites. I love oh, that thing. I love and they're it. Fun. They're fun to tie. They look great. They have super motion in the water. Um, I'll tell you one other fly is the double bunny. Um, there's something about rabbit in the water that just, I mean, man, they scream bait fish. And so I tie up a lot of uh, double bunnies and I do weighted ones. Uh, they're, they're a pretty cool fly to use. Um, but the crayfish and stuff like that, love them. Man, one of my oh, yeah. favorite, one of my favorite yep. slides recently for like bass has been the Thunder Creek, dude. Yep, Thunder Thunder Creek, just they're they're just awesome, man. Yeah, oh yeah, fun to tie. Um, a little bit tough to get exactly right, but man, when you get them down, they're they they catch a lot of fish as well. Beautiful patterns, and you can do so many different colors, man. Buy you five or six different colors of bucktail, go to town, and they're just they're just fun. You throw any changers or are you more? Uh... You know, I have never fished a game changer, never tied a game changer, never tried. I never have had the, the, the materials to do it. Uh, the guy that I was telling you about, this friend of mine, he uses them, loves them. But I just, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know if it's just maybe a personality quirk of mine or something. When something just gets yelled about for so long, I just kind of shy away from it. Man, game changers are everywhere they catch fish like crazy and, and i would like to tie one i'd like to sit down but i got to get all the the shanks and all the materials and you know go through all of that but uh but i've never never fished one 
Jimmy, I'm going to have to send you a game changer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard I've heard a lot of good things, and everybody talks about them. It's just I you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just my age. I've got kind of gotten stuck in my ways, and you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But uh, I mean, they they definitely. I've seen some that some of these guys have tied up and did uh, tank demonstrations on or took video when they're in the water. Wow, you talking about action? They have some serious action on them. So. Dude. I'll, I'll send you this one. Wow. Good thing. Yeah. That, Sweet. Yeah. You, this, yeah that, is, this, is, this is Jimmy Roop's changer right here. <laughs> all right. All right. Hey, I'll use it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I will use it. I, I, ain't, I ain't afraid to use You know, I tie all my flies, and I haven't bought flies in years, but I have people send me flies every once in a while. And uh, I'm like, hey, I, I'll use them. Send them here. I'll tie them <laughs> on. I'll wear them out, best I can do. <laughs> well, hey, Jimmy, you know what? We're coming up on our hour already. Uh, it's been – it's wow. just zipped by. Yeah, I know. It's like, wow, we're having such a good conversation and everything. But, you know, coming up on the hour and, uh, you know, you've shared a lot of great stuff. You got it in the plans to get out back out and fish this year. And um, I think that's fantastic. I think it's great that you got that, you know, going for you. I know that you've went through a lot of health things and you've been held back quite a bit over the last year, but um, you know, when, when you get back out there on the river, I mean, I, what, what, what are you missing most about the river outside of the fishing? Oh goodness. Um, Man, just the feel of the water. I love the wet wave. Um, you know, we start really going after the smallmouth in late May. Water's usually warm enough then that you can get that you can wet wave and just feeling that water wrap around my ankles and then up my calves. And I mean, here in the water, here in the river. Um, I mean, man, it's just I miss it terribly. And uh, I've got a bunch of pictures on my phone of you know every time I go down to the river, man, I'm snapping pictures because it's like don't know when we'll get back, you know, and. Uh, I mean, that's one of the things that I miss, the smells and the sounds. I mean, the stretch of river that I've got, there's a lot of people that live in that area, but they, there's not usually many people on the water. And so usually when I go down, especially afternoons, it's just me. And, man, I can just, I, of course, I can't do that now. But, but back in the day, you know, even with the grandkids with me, they like to go do their thing. Man, I just love to get out in the water. I'll just stand there and, and just watch the water flow by. And, I mean, you know, it, it, it's just something very soothing about it and i reckon at my age now and with all the trouble i have you you savor every moment that you get to do what you love to do because you just don't know when you're not gonna be able to do it again so uh so that those are a couple of things I used to love to go down camp i always enjoyed that and haven't been able to do that for a while um i'm gonna give it a real good try this year and try to get down there and take the grandkids and and set up an old-fashioned tent and camp out for a few days if I can stand it and uh I miss doing that but uh yeah I'm gonna get back out there one way or the other if they have to drag me down there I saw a picture on uh on Instagram an old man taking a walker he's working his way across the river and I'm like that's me that's what I'm gonna be I'm gonna look just like I'm gonna have a walker or somebody's gonna have me by a person on each arm but I'm gonna get out there and do something so uh this gonna be this gonna be the year I'm gonna try to get back into it so very cool. Well, Jimmy, Dave, just thanks so much for coming on and talking with us, man. It's it's been an absolute joy and pleasure. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, been really fun. Been really fun. Just, I appreciate y'all asking me to come on. I was like, yes, working class, let's do it. You know, so I was looking. Uh, I didn't hear anything from you for a while, and I was like, yeah, they probably didn't change their mind. Get this old hillbilly on there, you know. But oh uh, hell no. I was glad to hear from you, and I'm glad y'all had me on. This was this was a lot of fun. Yeah, dude, it's been it's been an absolute blast, and I, I'll mail you this changer. Uh, I'll get with you after this, and I'll get get an address to ship ship this to you from. All right, all right. Like I said, I'll use it. Awesome, Jimmy. Where can people get in touch with you? Oh well, I have an Instagram page. It's at Jimmy Root. Real simple. Don't have anything crazy. Um. um stay off my facebook i might be a little controversial there um but uh yeah my instagram is, is all my fishing and stuff and uh and you can uh find me there dm me i get people dm me all the time asking questions and 
and uh you know just wanting to know different things i try to try to help out everybody that i can so uh i have a little bit of knowledge don't mind sharing so awesome well jimmy thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight we really appreciate it and i know that all of our listeners they're gonna they're gonna love this episode because it's just it's jimmy it's jimmy roof yep. Yep. It's we, <laughs> we love hearing from you all the time yeah buddy y'all too right on all right well everybody this episode of working class fishing has been brought to you by cd fishing usa anadromous fly company lid rig angry rooster fly company 317 flies sheer cure naughty tackle everybody go check out our sponsors but even before that go check out jimmy on his instagram at jimmy root and uh you can find us on all kinds of different social medias but mainly instagram and youtube <laughs> We do also have the website workingclassfishing.com. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, you know, that that's like the the central landing hub now. But uh, yeah, definitely make sure to reach out to us. You can also you can hit up John over at Morris Flyco. You hit me up over at PNW Vintage Fishing if you have any questions, or if you have a direct question for the podcast, be sure to email us at workingclassfish at gmail.com and make sure to shoot us a message and talk to us. But until next time, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I hope all of you have a wonderful day.